<laughs> oh, that's Starbucks right down the street. I know exactly where that is. All right, brother, go ahead. Welcome back to HR Talk with Ricky Baez and JC. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, Human Resource Talk, HR Talk. I'm JC, your co-host of the program, sailing this ship, this cruise ship, all the way back into port. We had a lot of trouble out at sea this past week or so. A lot of people got sick, violently ill. They had some of Ricky's cooking. Welcome back, Ricky Bias. <laughs> yeah, thanks. The co-captain of this ship. He's definitely going to make sure we hit every sandbar along the way. Big fan of the sandbar, aren't you, Ray? <laughs> wow. If there's any sickness due to my cooking, it's because how amazing it is. Oh, look at you. No look at you. But, okay, <laughs> got it. Look at you. How you doing, brother? I've, I've been better. I've been better. You have been absolutely brutal to me the entire pre-show. Like, we're talking about things that matter to me in my life. I'm uh-huh. opening up. I'm becoming vulnerable to you. I was playing, um, I, I was even playing in your eyes. Um, and, and you didn't care. It, there was so much going on. I, this is probably coming off sounding wrong, you know, but at, at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, there's only one important thing that you need to know and remember. Folks let you see life from another perspective. They can expand the mind and awareness. These are inspirational quotes. With Ricky Baez. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Inspirational quotes with Ricky Baez to start the show. All right, here's a two-parter. Part A, it's for the employees. Employees, the best way to move up in any organization is having your boss in your corner. I don't care how good you are. If your boss doesn't like your promotions, if your boss doesn't like you, (laughs) promotions will be virtually non-existent. So what does that mean, leaders? That means that if you got some good employees in your organization, they got some talents that your organization needs, be their cheerleader. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Words from a wise man, Ricky Baez. Remember, if, reading. if you and your boss don't get along, just bribe. Just bribe your boss. Bribe your boss. <laughs> give them money, gifts, treats. Do do all those things. Suck up, Buttercup, because you too can get promoted. No, not what I meant at all. Not oh, okay. what I meant at all. This happens no, every no. week. And, and you know, yeah. this week, we are blessed. We are blessed with the fortunes of the universe. I, I don't know what it is within the algorithms, how things came together. But we have one of the one of the best. I, I'm I'm not even going to say regionally. Like if if we think about the United States, you've got regions. You got the Northeast, the Southeast, um, yeah. and, and then other places, whatever. So and, and then when you go bigger, you've got the whole like you have the world at your hands. We have in our hands today one of the world's best employment labor attorneys, don't we, Rick? We sure do. So today, JC, on this show, we have a Florida employment attorney. Now, she represents clients of all stages in, in litigations and claims involving discrimination, harassment, retaliation, and wage and hour disputes. Now, this guest also knows that lawsuits can be really devastating and is really passionate about helping her clients prevent the lawsuits before they even happen. That's the key there, guys. So she regularly counsels clients on best practices and through her on-demand courses and legal template shops she also helps businesses and hr professionals engage in preventative steps to boost employee retention and avoid exposure to wrongful termination lawsuits she is also the host of the employment experience podcast where she provides valuable employment law tips to her audience ladies and gentlemen please help me welcome to the show miss carly waiting Carly, thank you. So welcome much. to the HR Talk podcast. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing well. How are you? Doing pretty good. Pretty good. Now you and I have been talking back and forth trying to get you on the show. Um, I've. I, it's. I think. No, actually, I know that um, I was uh, first introduced to you via social media, and that's when I started seeing all your things down there. Hold on, JC has a question. Yeah, no, it's, it's not even a question to tell you the truth. I mean, Carly, the fact that you had to struggle and survive. Through the discussions with Ricky to come on the program. If it was me, if it was you and me talking, it would have happened within 24 hours. So I want to thank you for enduring. I want to thank you for enduring. America appreciates you. You really do. 
it was a little bit of a struggle. So I appreciate you looking out for me. <laughs> Nothing worthwhile is easy to come by. So oh. there you go. So lucky you <laughs> to be here. No, but welcome, Carly. So it, it's um obviously I I I took notice for your social media posts and because uh, you put some really good clips on there helping. Now you help. You're an employment and labor law attorney for the for the employer side or is it the employee side? Absolutely. For the employer. So I represent businesses. And like you said in the introduction, mm -hmm. I am very passionate about helping them engage in best practices to avoid the litigation in the first place, right? Because litigation, nobody wants to be involved in that. It could be mm -hmm. devastating to the business. It's so time consuming for both you and your employers, um, employees rather. So yes, I, that's what I enjoy most about my practice, but I do handle the litigation as well. I'm going to, we're going to ask you questions today. And if there's anything you don't want to answer, it's your right to refuse. As you know, you know, just say, Hey, I don't want to talk about that. That's fine. But uh, do, do you have uh, your own firm or, or you are with someone else? Yes, I um, am the uh, founder and owner of the Wanos Law Firm, and I am also of counsel for another uh, large uh, defense firm in West Palm Beach, Florida as well. And, and that's that's all down in West Palm Beach, just like you're talking. And when we think about it across the country, aren't there different laws in effect and things in effect where, like, as a lawyer, uh, don't they have something on the books that says you're not allowed to be on social media? What dare you do? I mean, is that okay? Is it okay to go out and give the advisements? Are there rules or stipulations? Do you have to have a disclaimer and a little fine print text at the bottom? How's that work? Sure. Um, so to back up a little bit, there are federal employment laws which apply to all of the states. You know, the FMLA, the ADA, FLSA, um, and then Title Seven which is the discrimination and retaliation. And then the states have their own individual laws, which mirror the federal laws um, most of the time. But, you know, states like uh, California have very different laws. So I'm licensed in Florida, um, so I can give advice on the federal employment laws as and Florida employment laws. And then, of course, it's always important to have disclaimers, right? I mean, you right. don't want somebody, everybody needs to consult with a lawyer to, um, you know, understand their particular situation. I can't be giving um, legal advice over the internet, obviously, but you can give kind of best practices and general tips um, in order to not only help companies stay on track, but also let them know of different things to look out for, right? So, and that's what a lot of my posts do. They say like, hey, be sure to look out for this. If your employee comes and complains to you because they're be not being paid properly, you can't turn around and fire them, right? So mm -hmm. be sure to look out yeah. for that. If you're looking to fire somebody because they're complaining about their pay practices, go consult with an attorney. All right. So at the end of the day, though, I could go online, I could talk to a doctor and they could give me medical advice over the internet, but I can't get legal advice from a lawyer over the internet. Well, you can't, as long as you retain them. I mean, you have to retain them. We have to have a conversation with regard to your specific issue. Um, you know, you, you don't want to take medical tips from a doctor on TikTok, right? I mean, you want them to actually <laughs> really? take a look at you and take a look at your situation because everybody's different. Um, yeah, so I, that's, that's the difference between um, giving kind of like, Right. Like giving general legal tips and giving legal advice. And to that, today's discussion is not legal advice for anyone that's listening. These are mm -hmm. just regular discussions and conversations. Some of these questions that I've posted you right away, Carly, are things that do come to us frequently. So I want to thank you very much for tackling those right at the beginning. Ricky Baez, back to you. So, Carly, it's what what I would like to know off the bat is it's, you know, I I'm always curious how attorneys end up in the track that they are. So how did you end up in employment and labor law versus any other side of the law? Ooh, good one. So I started with a law firm that gave me a lot of different opportunities to practice various areas of the law. And I tried um, condo and association law. I tried a little bit of personal injury and I decided it just wasn't for me. Mm. Um, I tried employment law and I loved it from the start. I loved everything about it. Um, you're helping businesses and really you're helping, you're helping the employees too, because when you're engaging these preventative measures that we touched on already, um, you're helping both sides kind of come together and resolve the disputes that they might have going forward. Um, so, and I've been doing it for 15 years. It's, I just, once I started, I really just never looked back. <laughs> do we nice. see it, do we see like a lot of alternative dispute resolution or mediation when it comes, uh, in regards to issues with these employers and equal and fair, uh, equal fair opportunities for employees or, or do, do you see that employers like to take that all the way out to the ends and let's go ahead and fight the EEOC at the end of the day and 
quite the good fight there. I I don't know what what what's the trend. I'm sure no one so, wants to spend that money, right? No. Yeah, it's it's very expensive. And so for a lot of these cases, discrimination, harassment, retaliation, you do typically need to file a claim with the EEOC first. And mm-hmm. so there is an opportunity to um, mediate at the EEOC stage. A lot of employers don't want to because they don't think they did anything wrong, right? We did nothing wrong. We gave this employer many, many opportunities. They weren't doing their job. They were ignoring their warnings. They weren't coming to work on time, et cetera. We did nothing wrong. We don't want to try to resolve it. But like you mentioned, um, these types of lawsuits are really, really expensive. They're at least $80,000 plus and, and way up to defend through trial. So trying to get it resolved early on, um, is good is a good opportunity for both sides. Um, also, it's not only is it very costly, but it's time consuming, right? Yeah. You have to, you know, produce all of your documentation to the other side. Many companies don't want to do that. You have to go to depositions, and your employees may be called for depositions. Mm. So, yes, there is an opportunity to mediate at the EEOC stage. And if you, if the employee decides to file a lawsuit, most courts, especially in Florida, will require the parties to participate in mediation mm. before trial too. All right, I jumped the gun, getting knee deep on things, Ricky. I'm sorry about that. I'll, I'll get it back on track for you. Yeah. When, when you were a very young Carly. Meandering about Southern Florida, doing her her young Carly thing with her jelly shoes and, and pigtails. Did you <laughs> did you at that time think to yourself, as as you're putting in your new kids on the block CD, hey, I'm gonna grow up wow. and be a lawyer, or no? No, I said I actually. I don't know do not want to be a lawyer. My father was a lawyer. My brother is a lawyer. His wife's a lawyer. My sister's a lawyer. My husband is a lawyer. I said, that is the last thing in the world that I want to do. I don't want to have anything to do with it. And look where I ended up. (laughs) In the family business. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yes. (laughs) <laughs> so, so, so what, so you didn't want to be a lawyer. So what was your top spot? What was your big goal before you became a lawyer? Oh, uh, well, you know, <laughs> the, the other, the only other choice, which was a doctor. <laughs> well, <laughs> got, right, got it. Um, I went wow. to college and I started taking, uh, the pre-med courses. Um, mm-hmm. and it just, it wasn't for me. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. I hear you. So, so now you're in the employment well, you, labor law. Ricky, you, you experienced the same thing. No, I, I hear what she's saying when, oh. when you have your sight set on something and then I'm you sorry. actually try it and you're like, absolutely not. That's not what I want to do. No, for a second and, there, I was picturing <laughs> Dr. Baez, you know. That no, it, folks. It seems scary. Nobody wants to see Dr. Baez. Nobody wants to see any of that. <laughs> Trust me when I tell you Ladies that it's not something America's you, ready for. You can tell when he's fired up because his volume just goes incredibly higher. Go ahead. Because I get excited. Not step back right. a little bit, brother. You kill me. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I got gotcha. you. I, I was just kidding, by the way. That's being a doctor is not the only other option. By the way, I was making a joke. I, I know. You guys can see my face, but maybe your listeners <laughs> didn't know that my dry sense of humor. I was kidding. A NASA no, pilot. She would have been a pilot. She would have been flying a spacecraft or something. Who knows? Yes. Could have been anything. Yes. Mm-hmm. She could she could have served with us in the Marine Corps. You would have been a great captain, Carly. I could tell you would have been a great motivating captain in the Marine Corps flying, you know, flying uh, Huey helicopters. But no, yeah, it's okay. An attorney is a very good track as well. (laughs) I'm kidding as well. Also, guys. No, but look, guys. So, guys. So, Carly. um, So. You are in the employment and labor law space right now. And I also see that in social media that you do have classes that you teach. just employers on things not to do. So I started thinking because if you teach, if everybody listens to what you say and everybody takes your classes, wouldn't that take away your future customer? <laughs> That's not where I thought you were going with that. You, you threw. <laughs> I threw a curveball. I got you. Threw a I got you. At me. Yeah. Um, well, no, because there's always okay. going to be litigation and there's always going to be situations where, um, you know, things come up, right? Mm-hmm. So the the purpose of my classes and and by the way, um it's not to deter potential clients, it's it's to deter the businesses from getting into trouble, yeah. right? There are so Got many it. businesses mm-hmm. that end up in litigation, they end up as my clients and they just <clears throat> didn't know. They didn't realize. Um and so that's the point of the classes, the, the trainings that they're on demand trainings mm-hmm. and you can just go on my website and download them. They're for your managers. Um, for your HR professionals, people on the front line who are making the decisions with regard to your employees, again, that just don't know that when someone makes a request for an accommodation under the ADA, you can't turn around and fire them right away. You have to engage in the interactive process. 
So I, w- I was on your website earlier, and then I, I noticed what kind of classes you offer. And I noticed that ADA is one of the first ones, right? Right. There's a reason it is, for that. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. So that that's what I wanted to ask. If you're saying, all right, I'm sorry, Jason, yeah, you Ricky, keep pointing yeah, up and no, down. I, I, I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, please, please. Yeah. I, yeah. Can, can you bring your microphone down a little bit? Like, I, no, no, no. Like that? The volume. Like I, I know how you get excited, He's excited. brother, and we, and we, we did audio check at the beginning, but it, it's it's so it's it's booming, it's booming bad. That's all. Go I ahead. got a booming voice. Booming voice is okay. How about now? Are we good? Testing one, two. I'm bringing it down some more. Thank you. Go ahead. Got it. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. No. So um, it's I saw ADA was one of the first ones there. So I assume that that is the that is the one thing that you see that employers violate the most, right? Am exactly. I off on that? Okay. No, no, you're exactly right. Yeah. And so that's why that class, that's the first one that I made. That was the most important for me because it's tricky, right? It has to do with medical issues. Um, it has to do with navigating the interactive process. Um, a lot of things that I find are when employer employees are out of PTO, but they need additional time off as a reasonable accommodation for their disability. So many employers say, you're all out of time off. You're all out of PTO. Unfortunately, we have to fire you. And as we all know, that that's not the next step. The next step is the interactive process. So that was the case that was coming across my desk the most frequently. In my opinion, that was one of the most trickiest statutes for employers to navigate. Um, And so that is why I created that training course first. Do you see that particular to any specific industry over another? Um, no, it's, it's really across all industries. Gotcha. So just more uh, institutional knowledge, education based, lack of education in that. And, and you're helping that you're helping bring people into the know. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and part of the thing with, with ADA stuff, especially what you just, what you just said right now, Carly about PTO, because I'm noticing that a lot of employers, they, they use the excuse or the argument that you don't have any PTO, so we're not going to continue to give you time off. And it's, I don't know how you feel about this, but I tell my clients, don't make a decision on whether you give somebody time off or not, uh, whether they have PTO or not. Make a decision on whether you are able to let them out um, of work to handle whatever they need to handle. So what do you say to those employers that rely on PTO to make a decision like that? Right. Well, I mean, under the ADA, you can't, you, you know, you have to engage in the interactive process mm-hmm. and that's, that's part of the problem. Um, you know, and then kind of the second part of your question, if, if possible, you know, every business is different, yeah. but if possible, you know, you, sh- if it's a good employee, you should try in my opinion, non-legal opinion, to work with the employee and try to keep them and retain them. Because firing someone because they need an extra day off because of a, of a medical it issue or an emergency, that's only going to create more problems for the company, right? Now you have to go find somebody to replace that person, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm always happy for businesses to try to work with the employees within reason, of course. I jumped the gun while you're talking there. I was getting a <laughs> clip ready to play, so you probably heard Carly's voice twice. This is directly from... Uh, <laughs> a, how do I say your last name? Wanos? 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 That that was three times and they were all wrong. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> Wanos. Wanos. Carly Wanos. Carly Wanos on Instagram. Check this out real quick. You, you can't see it, but you could hear it. It is illegal for companies to require hourly employees to work off the clock. This means clocking out and then requiring the employee to continue working in tasks such as to cash out, putting on or taking off protective gear. Uh, working during meal breaks, answering emails or text messages after hours while at home. If your company requires you to clock out and then perform additional job-related tasks, it's probably illegal. All right, so that's an amazing point right there. When 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 the clock stops, uh, when the clock stops, are are you done? Are you done working at that point? And and you may even in the virtual world, especially nowadays since COVID, there might be stipulations in place. You might have that stress coming from your your employer is saying, look, you know, your shift starts at eight o'clock in the morning. You need to be online, logged in, ready to do the work at eight o'clock, which means you have to start working 15 to 20 minutes prior just to log in to get ready for your day in the same way that you would have to commute, I suppose. How do you tackle stuff like that in the virtual world? 
Exactly. So that was just a reel that I posted on Instagram. It was more so geared towards the employee saying, look, if this is going on, if you are required to do these things, you may be working off the clock. It may violate the FLSA. And that employees went crazy over that one. Apparently yeah. there's a lot of companies that are engaging in this type of practice. I see the claims and lawsuits coming across my desk. Um, big companies. And, and again, it's, it's informative. It's educational. Companies don't realize that they're doing this. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, they're not just trying to be big, bad, terrible companies. They just, they just don't know. So, um, those text messages and emails for hourly employees after hours, after they've already clocked out, a lot of people are working remotely. They have to be paid for that time. Otherwise you're going to have a potential FLSA violation. Um, and like I said, th so, so this comes up a lot in the hospitality and restaurant industry, hotel employees, um, where they are, um, getting to work and the clock the, the, for them to punch their time and clock in, it's all the way across on the other side of the property. That yeah. could potentially be a problem. I had one case where the, um, servers had to clock out and then they had to <laughs> cash out and divvy up the tips and divvy up and count the receipts and go through everything that, um, servers and bartenders and hostesses and, and whatnot have to do, that was a problem because that was considered working off the clock. So, um, yep. Years ago, I had a client where I, it, it was a restaurant client, a rather large one. And when I noticed that, not that part as far as divvying up tips, but when they would have their service come in, they wouldn't have them clock in until the first table. And and I would tell that client, I'm like, you are if you're gonna require them to come in and you control their time, you have to start paying them from the time you control their time, which is when you tell them to come in. They didn't listen. I'm like, you might want to get an attorney because I'm not an attorney, I'm not gonna get involved in that. Two years later, huge lawsuit. Right. Huge lawsuit. Uh, another another common one is well, you're only allowed to work forty hours. So I'm going to adjust your time cards to reflect 40 hours because that's all that we allow. And it's that's you can't do that, right? If they're working for your company, if they're rolling the um, sitting there before their shift, rolling the utensils, you have to pay them for that time. Yep. You can't just adjust their time. Oh, what, and, what, and, what about also, what about a replacement of uh, compensatory time? So I'm maybe I'm not going to be able to pay you for that time. I can only afford eight hours, but you know what? You were here 30 minutes prior. Go ahead, leave 30 minutes early, or I'll give you that time back within the pay period. Is right. that bad? Right. That's fine. I mean, if, if they're working, if they're working 40 hours, you pay them 40 hours. If they're working 41 hours, you pay them 41 hours. Right. Got it. Sorry, I cut you off there. Go ahead. It's okay. Um, I, I was going to say, and for restaurants, using this um, example that we're using, if you're doing it wrong for one employee, you're doing it wrong for all employees, yep. and they are all going to jump on board and join a class action, which you obviously don't want to have to have. So it's better just to nip those practices in the bud now and do it correctly going forward. Which leads into a sexual harassment lawsuit, right? If you start nipping things in the bud. Right. Don't do that. <laughs> I don't do that at all. Got it. <laughs> so, so Carly, quick question then. It, it's, it's, I, know, I know that a leader doesn't wake up in the morning and they say, I'm going to go into work today and I'm going to break some rules to get people in trouble. I know they don't do that. I know they don't say that. What do you see as the number one issue that lands these organizations in trouble? It's not like they do it on purpose, right? What is the one common denominator that you have seen between these organizations that they always land into these le legal pitfalls? The education. Yeah. They don't know. They don't realize that's not what they're supposed to be doing. So, you know, the employee handbook says you're only supposed to work 40 hours per week. And that's what we do. We only pay you 40 hours per week. But there are other laws in play, right? And and it's it's a little bit confusing because again, management is told, follow the handbook, follow these rules, don't go outside the handbook. But again, there are times where you want to bend the rules or accommodate certain employees. There's the ADA, there are, you know, there, there are other laws that come into play and it's, it's very simply education. They're just not aware. They don't wake up in the morning say, to say, <laughs> we are going to break some rules today. Yeah. Uh, let's go start a lawsuit. No, it's just, <laughs> Nobody they're just that. not but aware. But there are HR people that wake up and say, I'm going to fire some people today. Right, Rick? <laughs> No, <laughs> I mean, come on, there's I mean, Darth Vader's out there, right? There's Darth Vader types out there that want to chop heads. We've talked yeah, about I this mean, before. There are some people who really like a little bit too much to bring pain into people's lives and to fire them for no apparent reason. And oh. Yeah. I, and I've always said if if even even the best leaders, if they enjoy 
terminating people for whatever reason, they're not in the right position. No. They're not. It should not be a goal to terminate somebody for the sake of terminating somebody. But you do need the skills necessary to identify what are some of those things that are terminable, what kind of things you have to do an investigation and do progressive discipline to then make a determination to do so. And even then, you still got to be humane about it, right? It, it, it's a, there's a human element there that I think a lot of organizations miss. So outside ADA, Carly, what other classes are, more, are, are really popular for you? Uh, sexual harassment. And again, mm -hmm. it's not a lot of people don't go out saying, hmm, I'm going to sexually mm -hmm. harass someone at work today. It's that they don't know. They're making inappropriate jokes that they think are funny that other people don't find funny. They are grabbing somebody around the waist, giving a little pat pat that they think is kind of team camaraderie and the other person on the receiving end does not believe so. So um, that's another one, sexual harassment. Um, and then I, I also just have a basics overview course for managers and it goes through all of the most important federal employment laws just to kind of give an overview. And again, that's to give a heads up to say, Hey, there are these laws out there that you need to be on the lookout for. The managers don't need to be well-versed in each and every law cause that's not their job, but know enough to kind of, you know, raise a flag to say, Hmm, I need to refer that to HR. I think HR needs to deal with this situation. Nice. So <clears throat> Employment and labor law-wise, with everything you've done so far, what is the, the, that one case that sticks out in your mind that you're like, oh my goodness, in my entire career, nothing has ever topped this and nothing will ever top this? What is the one thing that stands out in your mind? Oh, oh my gosh, you're going you're gonna to put me on the spot. I'm gonna <laughs> no, you don't <laughs> I'm gonna have to mention anything. It's okay. <laughs> um, Hmm. There's got to be something where you got home at night and you're like, oh, man, do I have a story for you guys at dinner? <laughs> I mean, they're they're all kind of crazy, to be honest with you. Um, they, and I'm and I'm just not surprised anymore. Um, I've got, on, you're going to have to give me a minute to think about this here. I got to get a good one for you. Take a moment. Think about it while you're thinking about it. I'm going to throw this one out there to the both of you. This came just this past week. And I want you both to face it from the employer's perspective with consideration of the employee as well. This is a, this is kind of an intense one. Just to dissect it real quick right here, okay? This came from DailyDot.com. I got fired for this video, y'all. Woman gets caught by coworker <laughs> making a TikTok video in the workplace. This is written by Cecilia Lenzen for Daily Dot. Tamara Khalifa posted a video of herself dancing, which also shows another employee catching her in the act. As of Wednesday, the video received 6.7 million views on the social media platform. Wow. In the video, Khalifa checks to make sure no one's looking before starting a TikTok dance in front of a printing machine. Then, another woman appears from around the corner to use the printer. According to Khalifa, she didn't notice or hear the woman until she said, Excuse me? The TikToker laughed as she moved out of the way, and the recording immediately stopped. Khalifa wrote in a comment below the video, I got fired, y'all, accompanied by several laughing emojis. The video of Khalifa has been viewed now 7 million times since the start of this article. <laughs> That's crazy. That, that happened wow. so fast. Viewers praised TikToker's energy in the video, but chastised other employees, referring to her as a Karen. In a follow-up video, Khalifa clarified that the woman in the video was actually very sweet, but just very professional. And you can't blame her for that, Khalifa says. I knew she didn't seem like one of those people I could joke around with, but I was just copying some papers. I had to do a lot of copies, so I was going to be there a while. I was like, you know what? Let me make a TikTok. Other views expressed that they felt getting fired for something this dumb is the stars telling you to move on. Ricky and Carly, over to you. What are your thoughts from the employer-employee perspective, from the employment-labor perspective? However you want to dissect it, it's over to you. Carly, it's it's go right ahead. Um, I'll let the uh, legal expert weigh in. <clears throat> so, Ricky, my audio went out for a second. Oh, it did. Mm hmm. Oh, okay. So, did you not hear? So, did you hear part of the story, or the or nothing at all? Mm -mm. Oh, okay. All right. So, what JC? But but you can hear me now, though, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. Perfect. So, what JC was talking about is a situation where there is somebody who um, who was making a TikTok video at work at the office. Somebody else found out about it, and it sounds like by the time they got to HR or leadership, that person got fired because of she was doing a TikTok video. I get what I would have to assume is at work, 
And from my perspective, what I think is, is that it's people can claim freedom of speech anywhere, anytime they want, but where they claim it, that's where it becomes an issue. So if somebody claims freedom of speech at the office and they shouldn't have been fired for doing a TikTok video, that to me has no credibility because you don't have a claim for freedom of speech in the office where other people have to be there, right? TikTok at work. Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> right. So freedom of speech applies to the government. So if you're not mm -hmm. working for, if you're not a government employee, that's not going to apply to. Um, and, and also you have to follow the rules of your employer. If you are at work and you're supposed to be doing your job and you're not supposed to be on your cell phone or surfing the internet, um, you, you're probably violating <laughs> the handbook, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know if someone needs to be terminated for that, right? They probably a warning would do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot going on with social media and what you can and can't do at work. But did you see the, the guy on TikTok? He was filming TikToks from work at Walgreens, Walmart, uh -huh. and he was going viral at Walmart and Walmart loved it so much that they ended up hiring him as their, I don't know, marketing what? person or head of, head of their TikTok department for Walmart. Yeah. They loved it. I mean, it was just pulling in so many viewers for Walmart that they thought it was great. So I guess it really depends on if your employer is going to allow it and if they're supportive of it. So that's a story you don't hear where people do all those viral videos and the organization loves it so much to give them a job at it. Yes, so, that's exactly okay. what happened. That is so awesome. Cool. So now, so now he's not these, you know, whatever he was doing at Walmart. He was the the stock. He was stocking the shelves. He's not doing that anymore. He's in charge of making the Walmart TikToks. <laughs> that is awesome. So, so what's the lesson here, kids? If you do a TikTok video at work, don't suck. Because apparently, because <laughs> if you if you suck at it, you get fired. If you do good at it, you'll get a promotion into the marketing department. So. That is awesome because I know I know Disney a, a couple of years ago, one of their employees who did go viral, it, he was a cast member and he started doing these things where he would go drink the water out of the water, out of the fountain, out of the water fountain, not the drinking water, but the decorative fountains they have started drinking the water at different parks. Disney got a hold of it. Obviously, the guy got fired. Um, from my perspective, without knowing anything else about that story be, the, behind the scenes, I think he should have got fired because millions of people saw that. And the last thing Disney wants is for cast members to encourage the guests to drink <laughs> the water out of the different <laughs> decorative areas because then, yeah. you know, that creates a big issue for Disney. So that, I'm going to look up that story about that that Walmart piece because that is a, that is a good pivot for Walmart. Because I know lately they've had a couple of uh, of uh, of a hits in the media for their employment and labor law practices. Yes. So, yes, awesome. they have. Um, excellent. So for 2022 and beyond, Carly, what do you see is the biggest thing that employers need to watch out for in order to a retain their employees and b the employees who are retained they feel fulfilled at work and they're free to you know exhibit their talents without any kind of legal issues coming about. I think transparency is really important. Um, mm -hmm. Transparency and communication. You need to be very clear on your expectations, mm -hmm. um, what is expected from the job. And then also when they're not meeting work standards, you need to be sure to communicate with them and be very clear and say, look, you're not meeting these certain work standards. This is what you need to do to improve. And kind of from the legal side and what I do, when you don't do that, that's how a lot of these things end up in lawsuits. When you are terminating an employee and at the termination meeting, they are hearing for the very first time that they haven't been doing their job properly and they're a deer in headlights and they have no idea, that's not going to end well for the company. Yep. More chances than not, that's when they're going to decide to proceed with a lawsuit. Um, and, and also just give them an opportunity to fix what they're doing because at the end of the day, terminations, although sometimes they might be necessary, Terminations do end up in more costs for the company, right? You need to now go find a new employee, the, the cost of turnover, um, you know, decreased productivity, things like that. When we think about the small employer in your region, in your area, and they maybe use a lawyer from time to time, but it's not someone that they consult with on a regular basis. Are there situations where, uh, how, how, how would the small business go about getting that legal advice on a regular basis the appropriate way. That's that's like a retainer and contacting, let it be yourself or any other lawyer that's out there and, and, and establishing that relationship. How does that work? 
for some of those employers that might not be familiar? Right. So I would reach out to an attorney in your state or your location um, and see about getting on a um, retainer or kind of an hourly rate with them. A lot of attorneys, you know, some people think that attorneys are very, very expensive. It's really the the litigation that ends up being very expensive. But uh, most attorneys, you can call them up and, you know, consult with them on a retainer basis for their hourly rate. I have tons of clients that do that. And of course it ends up saving them a lot more money in the long run. They call me up, they say, Carly, I have this situation with this employee. What should we do? Help us navigate it so we don't end up in trouble. And that's exactly what they should be doing. Um, it's not going to take a, couple, a ton of time. It's um, you know a, a phone call, maybe a couple emails at most. And then the company can feel confident that they're taking the steps that they need to do mm. and proceeding in the right direction. Thank you. Ricky, back to you. I've got a really important question for you, Carly. So are you ready for this one? I'm ready. Let's do it. You a Star Wars fan? No. <laughs> are you going to kick me off the show? <laughs> I just love it. so weird. Lo- <laughs> it was so weird. No, here's, here's what I love about that. A half a second for her to think about what I asked before she gave me the answer. <laughs> She didn't even think about it. She didn't think that's an odd question to ask. She but, just but, flat out. That's no. the type of attorney yeah. you want by your side in court. Quick I, absolutely. Answers. You know what I mean? I mean, I could see her next to Johnny Depp in a heartbeat. I'm telling you. Okay. So thank you for all that. I'm going to back up a little bit. I don't want to hurt your feelings. I don't know if I'm, I, I'm not a fan, but I, do, you I don't know if I've given heart. it. I don't. I know. I know. I'm backpedaling. I don't know if I've given it a fair shot. Let's put it that way. But currently, no, I'm not a fan. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I was just going to ask you some questions on how you felt about the <laughs> Kenobi series that just ended this past week. And what advice do you give uh, business leaders where on Thursday, the day after the season finale, people just don't want to come into the office because they're just so sad and about watching what happened. You compare that up and put it together with NBA championships, with the World oh. Series, with NFL, with NASCAR, with Monday Night Football, with anything that's going on. You've got a huge National holiday coming up in the 4th of July. Some people are going to have to work on the 5th of July. How do we tackle these situations? What's some of the advisement for the employee? Just let everyone go a little bit early and have some leeway and grace, right? Sure. Sounds good to me. (laughs) All I'm saying is, business leaders out there, if you have a high, and I mean a high concentration of Star Wars fan in your organization, it'll be a good idea that you keep tabs of what's going on in the Disney Plus world and give them some time (laughs) off. Right, give us some time off of Kinsa and happens because man, let me tell you, that's la- that last episode of Kenobi really hit hard. All right, and, ladies uh, and gentlemen, yeah, it's time. Sorry. It's time, Carly. It's My time. heart hurts. Stay with me. <laughs> Stay with me for a second here. Current events this week is brought to you in part by Carly's Law Firm. I wouldn't dare say the last name, nor did she pay to be mentioned here. I'm just. I'm struggling with things to say today, that's all. Look, uh, we are going to cover a few updates in current events over the past week or two here. Um, Carly, if anything comes up that you would not like to discuss, just let us know your headphones weren't working. The first one here is coming from the U.S. Department of Labor Wage and Hour Division. The WHD is expected to issue a proposal in October 2022 to amend the regulations that implement the exemption of a bona fide executive administrative and professional employees from the FLSA minimum wage and overtime requirements. Given the current post-pandemic state of the U.S. economy, as well as its ongoing supply chain and inflationary challenges, if the proposal is released, there will be a significant debate. Concerns about the independent contractors and joint employers. Surprisingly, the WHD does not anticipate any regulatory activity involving joint employment or independent contractor relationships under the FLSA. In a recent blog post, WHD Acting Administrator Jessica Lumen stated that the agency would engage in rulemaking to determine employer or independent contractor status <laughs> under the FLSA. Perhaps the disconnect stems from the fact that the unified agenda frequently incorporates information submitted by federal agencies weeks, if not months, before publication. Ricky and Carly, back to you. I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Did anyone catch that? 
I love it. Love it. So I love I. it. Carly, Carly, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> She's like, I do not understand these anything updates, right? that came out. You're going to love these updates. So then like, we get them, we extrapolate them, we, we take the language that's put out in their press release and we translate it. And then it's like, even though it's two paragraphs, Department of Labor, what are you doing? Like, make it even a more plain language than that. I suppose that didn't work out too well. Yeah, that is not user friendly. Yeah, no, not at all. So at the end of the day, there's going to be um, some uh, decisions being made uh, about pay and joint employer stuff. Cool. <laughs> yeah, there's our update there. How do you feel about OSHA, the two of you? Eh. <laughs> I mean, it's hey, folks, be safe out there. <laughs> That's it. I've, um, I've, I, that's it. Just be safe. <laughs> okay, here's your next story. Your next story. Next story is coming from the OSHA update. This is going to be a choose your own adventure, though. I'm not going to read all the <laughs> updates that they have. Okay, we're going to go with what the two of you feel would be the most interesting thing to hear about. Would you like to hear about heat and stress illness, infectious diseases, workplace violence, or. The, guess what, Arizona State Plan. Go ahead. What do we think? What do we want to hear? I mean, I guess infectious diseases have been beaten to death already. Yeah. Right? Oh, and, pun intended, Rick? Thanks. I mean, no, yeah. no pun intended. All right. I, I don't know, Carly. Which, which, which rabbit hole you want to go down? I'm in Florida, so I'm going to go with heat. All right. OSHA update on heat and stress illness. The next phase in OSHA's effort to create a heat stress standard does not have a defined deadline other than to review feedback in response to the agency's advance notice of propo uh, proposed rulemaking. Back to you. <laughs> <laughs> so their update is there's no update. <laughs> That's awesome. The update is yeah. just more updates coming. You know what? Drink your water, especially this past week. I don't know about you, Carly. I know here in Orlando, it has been an oven here yeah. in the hundreds. And it's you walk outside, it's just a big hug of sweat that's, yes. that's waiting for you. It's hot. Drink your water and add those electrolytes, too, because that's important. And allow your employees to drink water and add those electrolytes. If you are an employer that works, you know, just out in the sun, yeah, make sure your employees have the tools they need to complete your job, but also make sure they have the tools and resources they need to stay healthy and out of the hospital as well. At the conclusion of today's podcast, Ricky Baez will be trying to figure out how to get electrolytes into rum. <laughs> your, That's right. <laughs> your next update here. This is not a choose your own adventure on this one. This is from the National Labor Relations Board uh, regarding joint employers. In July 2022, a rulemaking pertaining to joint employer requirements under the uh, NLRA is expected to be published. Many anticipate that the plan would repeal or modify the board's 2020 regulation and replace it with a more thorough test. Over to you. Don't you love these updates? They're like... They're, they're just... <laughs> Bite-sized nuggets of nothingness. <laughs> you know? We're just gonna... Okay, so I heard they're gonna redo a test or update a test for... I'm assuming to see if somebody's hourly or employer. salary. <laughs> no, a joint employer. So, so basically, if you are a joint employer with another company, you just have to be kept up to speed on what the test is. You can't assume that the other company is really the employer and you're off the hook for liability. You could be on, on the hook for joint employment liability under this new test, I guess is what they're saying. Now, this is a big deal when we think about staffing firms or the, some of the way that uh, things come together in the world of human resources, who actually is the employer in any given situation, whether they are co-employer or their own independent employer. There's exactly. there's things there. Rick, you seem confused a little bit, though. No, no, it's not that I seem confused. It's that I've had some clients where we've actually had this issue where the it's it's my client who is a staffing agency. They have employees on their payroll and they have an agreement with, a, with their client where they send their W-2 employees to their client's office. And then there's an employment. It's like a sexual harassment issue or an ADA issue. The question comes into play. Who's going to handle that? So are, are, is this a professional employment organization type situation or is this something different? A, a, a PEO. Is this a PEO? Without I mean, giving away the name of the company or anything. 
No, it's not. Okay. It's it, 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 no, no, it's not. It's just yeah. It, it's so the question does come into play is all right. Who because as as the client, let's say I'm the client and I hire you to bring that employee to me, and the employee is claiming that she wants to bring an animal for emotional support, whatever the case may be. Me as a client, I'm inclined to push that responsibility back to whoever holds that employee's W-2. I mean, am I in the right uh, a course here, Carly? Or? Yeah, so it's it's typically going to be in the contract between the two companies. If it's not, mm -hmm. it should be because what you don't want to ha have happen is one company assuming the other is going to handle it and that company assuming the other, vice versa. Yeah. You want it very clear who is going to handle these types of complaints because somebody needs to handle it. And if nobody handles it, then everybody's going to end up in trouble, ah. right? So everybody, yeah. so if nobody takes, if, if there isn't an understanding of who's going to take the lead on that, if in the absence of that, everybody's going to take the heat of it. Right? Yes. So trying to decide. So are you saying that it's a good idea to throw that into the contract as far as who has the legal responsibility to handle those? Yes. Okay. Without giving legal advice. Got it. That's right. Without giving legal <laughs> advice in general, hypothetically. <laughs> so and because, that's, and because that's going to clarify the responsibility. There's no more. Well, I thought you were handling it. And then also in the employee handbook for the employees, tell them who they're supposed to go to, because that's another ah. problem is that the employees don't know. They said, well, we, we go to this person because this is our contact. But if in the contract between the two companies, the employees are really supposed to go to the other company and they don't know, you just have a bunch of miscommunication. So in the contract and in the employee handbook, so everybody knows who's handling what and where and when they're supposed to go Ooh. is helpful. Got it. All right. So have it in the contract. Make sure everybody is aware, including the employees. I, I didn't think about the employee piece, so that's a good uh, good nugget there. Uh, yep. So just make sure it's in the employee handbook, not just a contract. That's yeah. right, Ricky. Always thinking about the employer, not the employee. Got it. <laughs> yeah, uh, whatever. <laughs> Uh, giving you terrible. a hard time today. I know. <laughs> That's I know. every day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, finally here out of the uh, current events bucket. This is coming from the Twitter feed of Amy Dufresne and HRCI, hmm. written by their contributing writer, Neil Reichenberg. This is just an excerpt from that. Wage theft legislation advances in Congress, but then also House of Representatives Committee approved legislation to prevent wage theft and allow those affected by it to recover lost wages. The Justice Department issued guidance on the use of artificial intelligence in hiring decisions and the potential consequences for people with disabilities. The Labor Department revised its guidance on the availability of FLMA leave to treat mental health issues. Two recent studies document the positive feedback it received from both charging parties and respondents who used the EEOC's online mediation programs. A lot going on out there, a lot to unpack within those Small quick blurbs. Uh, the larger article can be found at hrci.org. Uh, but basically, long story short, you got your wage theft on one side. You also have use of AI and hiring decisions on another. AI and hiring decisions. It's a big topic lately. Carly, have you ran into anything in regards to that that you can actually speak of? I, um, I haven't had a case involving that. Um, but I actually just did a, a podcast episode. I just released the uh, podcast episode last week on this exact topic. Um, and essentially employers can be held responsible for the discriminatory practices of the AI software involved in making hiring decisions. Um, it's kind of a wild thing to think about, but That's it's baffling. It's, it's baffling, but essentially what's happening is there is a human being that's setting up the software and you need to make sure that whoever's setting up the software isn't improperly putting in um, certain restrictions that would be deemed discriminatory. So it still falls on the on the human being that programs it. So it's not necessarily the AI that makes the discrimination is who programmed it that does. Right, but uh, yeah, exactly. But at the end of the day, it's going to be the employer's liability. Because if, let's say you have a bunch of resumes coming in that are excluding um, people with a, a gap in their work history. Yeah. And the gap in the work history is related to a disability or is related to giving birth. Um, and you're automatically excluding oh. those applications then you're not going to be hiring. Do you, do you see where I'm going with this? You're yeah, not going to be yeah, hiring 
um, many females, many individuals with disabilities. And so that's going to be a failure to hire based upon disability discrimination type of issue. But it's based on the spirit impact and not treatment. Exactly. Wow. Okay. And if we go back over the past decade, I mean, I, I personally was in this boat as well, where you had to account for a year's worth of time because you took the time off to be with your kid. Man, woman, doesn't matter what it is, right? However you identify, you take that time off to raise your child when they're very, very young, and then you choose to jump back in the workforce, you have to justify it. So then you come up with a fake job description, a fake job title. And it's not really fake. I mean, it's an actual job. It's something you were doing. You're just not receiving pay from somebody, and you're still marketing it as your volunteer so that you could overcome the discrepancies within some of these systems to a point and degree. Now, if someone's not doing that, and, and to Carly's point, if, if that resume has a gap in there and it was for something related to something that's covered, what's that? That's the title VII you two crazy cats talk about, right? <laughs> yeah, title Se- seven. seven. Oh, seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell, yeah, yeah. tell them, Carly. <laughs> Four years of this crap. <laughs> <laughs> no, so. I, uh, go yeah. ahead. I've got another interesting one to tell you about, too. But go ahead. Well, well I just, I just, one more on this one, real quick, because the way I'm looking at this is what. I get it. It is the the company's it, it is the human being's responsibility to make sure this AI is being used appropriately. But has the argument come out that maybe the the software doesn't give that that employer the capabilities to kind of tweak to make sure that you're able to um to I don't know fix the gap in resume issue that way it doesn't land you in legal in legal trouble? Ooh. Right. So I guess that's the argument that the employer needs to be aware of whatever software they're using and what the restrictions are um, that's going into them that are being used to filter the resumes. You need to know what they are and you need to kind of think through the process so that you don't um, unfairly restrict a certain protected class. This also came up, I read an article on um, employers who are using Facebook ads for job postings. And I guess when you are using a Facebook ad, you put in certain criteria, you know, do you want to target male, female, ages, you know, um, 20 to 30, 50 to 70 there. I've never done a Facebook ad before, but, um, no, you're you're exactly right. You get it down by age and and, certain information. uh, Yeah. Right. Because you're normally when you run a Facebook ad, you're trying to target a certain group of individuals who are going to buy your product. But when you're using it for a job posting, when you put this information in, obviously you are narrowing it down too much. You are excluding certain groups of protected classes. Um, That's going to end you up in trouble. So you just need to review the systems that you're using, make sure that it doesn't um, like I said, unfairly or improperly restrict certain groups. That's, but that's marketing, right? Because isn't marketing, aren't you supposed to know your customer? But then it, with it, that, marketing's liable. They're part of the problem then at that point. Right. All right. So let me ask this, Carly, because around town here in Orlando, it's I drive around and I see a lot of billboards for law firms. And this is one particular law firm <laughs> that's... No, no, hear me out. No, the way Don't you said it. it, like she doesn't have billboards. No, like no. these but, are new. <laughs> No, listen to me. Okay, Jeez, all right. dude. <laughs> right? And this one particular law firm focuses on divorce males. And their whole marketing uh, uh, plan is targeting males. If you're a man that's in this particular issue, give us a call. I, I don't see that as a BFOQ. I don't see that as a bona fide. I, I, I don't know how that's legal. And maybe you can give me an it, – it's your – from from your legal um, uh, uh, point of view, how that is or is not legal to do so. Did you retain well, so, her? I did not retain her. Okay. This is not official advice. There it <laughs> is. Okay. Thank and you. I'm not getting divorced. Thank you. <laughs> so, okay. so are they hiring this person as an employee or they're they're looking for this person as a client? That's the difference. As a client. There's, they're a client. So they're allowed to market to their clients. But my example was for you're looking at the job posting. So you're looking to hire somebody and that's what you're mm-hmm. using the Facebook ads for. Got it. Okay, so this is all right. So that's the difference. Thing. But Title, seven Title seven also protects. Yeah, but also protects customers as well, right? There's a part of title. Isn't there a part of Title seven, or is it just ADA that says there is a, a an employee piece of it, and there there is a a consumer piece of it as well? Because mm. aren't aren't organizations aren't businesses not supposed to discriminate based on age, gender, and all those things as well? That's not Title Seven. That's another. So because that's not employment. That falls under. Okay. You're correct. 
um, that falls under a, a different law, though. So that's outside gotcha. the scope of, okay. of employment. Got it. All right. Making sure. Yeah, because it, it's... That's like access to the company... Um, you know, uh, you know, under under the ADA, whether you have the ramps and whether you have access to coming onto the property and Correct. things like that, access accessibility. I'm mixing them up. I apologize. Okay. I am my eighth cup of coffee this morning. They're very uh, similar. <laughs> they are. They are. Um, so for this for this Facebook piece, as far as um, uh, getting in trouble because you're getting too knee deep into who your niche um, uh, customer is going to be or candidate, that will land you in trouble though. Employee, your employee, employee yes, who you're yeah. looking to hire. Got it. Wow. See, so it, it's, it's, man, it's got to be tough. Actually, you know what? I'll take it back. It is tough being, if you're looking to get into business, if you're looking to start your own business, you don't only have to become an expert into what your specific market is. You also have to know all these rules and regulations because it is so easy to trip over. And next thing you know, you've got an $8,000 legal bill. Yes. So, yes. All right. So, so I'm sitting here while the two of you are, are talking, which, which I love this banter. This is very good. I'm curious though about <clears throat> this podcast you mentioned, Carly. I'm sitting here. I'm trying to go into the Google podcast machine and else what's the, what's the name of your show? How could I find it? It's called the employment experience. So you can look for the name or you can look under my name. And we've got this also linked on the Instagram and other. Oh, look at that. Anyone that's searching out there, if you're doing it in real time with us during the program, you go right into the Google podcast. She's got 32 solid episodes. Four days ago was the most recent release. It's a beautiful piece right here. 45 minutes. And I'm sure it's much more fun than what you're having to endure today. <laughs> Definitely. Um, because, again, those are some of your most common um, you're going to have what we call a visual or even indirect that people don't even uh, realize. And that could be um, maybe having a particular bumper sticker on your car mm -hmm. and it's an employee parking lot. And so a person is thinking, yeah, this is my car. I have a right. But do you really have a right doing work hours? Do you really have a right when you're subjecting your other coworkers? So when you're talking about those unintentional ways, uh, those are things that can happen. And then just again, just someone even it could be a ballot video, a, a, a gross video, uh, a text. So we had a guest on this past episode there, Carly. Is that right? So this was a guest of mine and we are talking about workplace investigations and unintentional ways that sexual harassment and hostile work environment. Um, can arise in the workplace. And this particular guest of mine is a former law enforcement officer mm. um, who now does uh, workplace investigations. Beautiful. Uh, Alana Williams, it says. <clears throat> so please feel free to stop by. Check this out. This is the Employment Experience by Carly. Uh, Carly. Carly's podcast. How do I say your last name? Again? Wait, just I want to see if you can get it right. Go ahead. Give it your best shot. We've said it 15 times so far oh, man. in this episode. This is really so hard. sound it out. Buenos. There's five letters. No. Buenos. Buenos. No. Yes. Buenos. I don't know. Carly. Buenos. Florida, man. Story. Florida Man Stories this week. Hopefully I'll get the names better in this story than uh, the disservice I've done to Carly during the program today. <laughs> Carly, when, when us? All right. Oh, my God. Well, I'll dude. try it again a little bit. I'm so sorry. I sincerely apologize. Honestly, no problem. Guys. All right. It so happens. this is coming to us from ClickOrlando.com. This was written by Brandon Hogan, digital editor. Carly, every week we wrap the show. Don't really wrap the show, but one of the last segments that we do is our Florida Man Story. And this one's absolutely crazy. We were talking about Walmart a little while ago. So definitely keep your employment uh, hats on there, my HR and, and legal friends in the room today. Florida man trespassed from Walmart was arrested after leaving behind a bag with a sawed-off shotgun. According to the Palm Bay Police Department, a guy who was detained from a Walmart in Palm Bay last week for attempting to steal a pack of smokes was caught on Thursday after leaving behind an illegal handgun. But it wasn't more than just a handgun. The value of the attempted theft did not initially call for a law enforcement reaction, according to police. But Justin Horn, a 35-year-old homeless resident of Palm Bay, was charged with trespass on June 13th. An officer who was present asked Horn for his ID. He was informed that it was outside in his backpack, per an affidavit for Horn's arrest warrant. 
According to authorities, Horn departed the store without causing a scene or claiming the backpack. Later, when the bag was seized by Walmart staff, they saw what they later reported to the police to be two weapons inside. According to the report, the responding officer identified the two weapons as a pepper spray pistol and a Harrington and Richardson Model 88 shotgun with no stock. Much of the barrel was sawed off and not readily visible. Serial numbers uh, were anywhere to be found. There's, there's no numbers on it. Police examined the trespass allegation and used the driver and vehicle information database to look up Horn. According to the police, Horn was positively recognized as the man who was captured on surveillance footage, taking the bag off and placing it next to a storage area for shopping carts at the store's west entrance. Horn was booked at the Brevard County Jail, according to records. He's charged with having a short-barreled shotgun, two counts of having a firearm weapon, while a convicted felon. Your Florida story. Back to you. <laughs> that would have been really ugly if a kid would have found that bag. Right? That would have been... Uh, so the only way this guy got caught was because he left his bag behind, and I guess they were just looking through his bag, and they found the sawed-off shotgun? Yeah. That's well, he, was, he was going to get his ID out of his yep. bag, I thought. That's yes. what it was. Okay, got it, got it. Okay, all right. And then that's what... <laughs> I mean... What do you say to that other than, all right, it's Florida. There's a lot of people in Florida that do a lot of interesting things. And I would love to see a segment where it's another state man story and it's not just Florida. Carly, how we close the show when we have been closing this show for the past four years is bringing up is even even if the issue happened in Wyoming and the person is from Florida, it's still labeled as a Florida man story. Yes. <laughs> Either way. So There's a lot of crazy stories in Florida, for sure. What, why Why do you think that's stuck? Why do you think that's stuck is such an entertainment button? This story or because... Just in general. Just, just, just Florida man stories in general. <sighs> I, uh, I think a lot of people move to Florida. So there's a lot going on down here. Yeah, that, that's true. That's right? True. So in this one, what do you think? What are you thinking about? I mean, I don't know what opinion you have of a gentleman who goes in to buy something and then they... <laughs> <laughs> they find sawed-off shotgun in the in his bag. Not much you can't say about it. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of a crazy story. I think I caught that he was homeless, so that's a little unfortunate. He might need to, you know, get get a little bit of help if he needs it. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, that's that's unfortunate for sure. I don't know what to say about that one. <laughs> and then the Walmart perspective: you've got Way security camera footage. <laughs> Yeah, right. You've got the security camera footage. You have the police on site right there. They're asking to confirm. Um, do do you instantly comply uh, with the police that are on site and, and show them your security footage to make sure that the bag was his? If if uh, Is there any sort of right of refusal from the employer's perspective to say, look, I don't feel comfortable showing the footage right now. I need to get my boss. Like, how does that typically break down? Either one of you. Yeah. You know, I don't really know. Um, and I don't know if that would be an issue for a criminal defense attorney. Um, I'm not sure. The issues with security camera footage that I've dealt with, the company always wanted the police to be involved. Mm -hmm. um, so it was it was handed over. But I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I, I would say always contact your attorney as early as possible. Um, but I, I don't know what um, you know laws and and different arguments would come into play when the company potentially does not want the police to see the the footage. You've ran into that, Rick. I have several times, and it's 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 all just policy, right? I what I'm about to say, I'm assuming that the policy these organizations had were vetted by an attorney. That said, and with that assumption, um, it's what I've told my employees: if the if law enforcement shows up in a professional capacity asking for information that is tied to an investigation, you are to cooperate. <clears throat> if they are asking for sensitive information that we normally would not give out, that would give out personal information for our clients or anything or our customers or anything that the company deals with that is sensitive, then they would have to come back with a subpoena. So that that's that's now emotionally that way emotionally sensitive or no, just like oh. <laughs> if I don't want to give away if me giving the police department this information, it gives away intellectual property, it gives away confidential, uh, information. yeah, confidential information, things like that. Then yeah, I would need a subpoena. Um, outside of that, if the cops come in, hey, I need to know this person's schedule. Well, why do you need to know that? Don't worry about it. Uh, uh, we're not complying with that. <laughs> 
I need you to put in the request in writing. That um, happened? On, on, on uh, quite a few times. Oh, yeah? Quite a few times, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Now, Come on. You got to tell us a story. You got to tell that the cops came in and broke down the doors. Where's, they sure did not. Where's <laughs> Larry? Sure not. <laughs> Get Larry out here. Right. I've had situations that I've had cops that would come in and ask for schedules. Um, it had nothing to do with a, an investigation. It had more to do where the cop's partner, the cop thought his partner was cheating on him. And oh. wanted to get this. Per- and we're like, no, we're not going to give that to you. Now, I'm not going to lie. I was scared because yeah. I'm like, dude, I don't want to get arrested for this. Right. right? right. Like, so- like at this time when you're coming in, my entire staff is trying to call the country about their extended car warranties. What are you doing? <laughs> like that? <laughs> no. Oh. They come in. Obviously, the first person they call is the HR director. So I got to go to the front, find out what's going on, <laughs> ask the cop what's going on. And, you know, it's, it's, I've had a few times where they were a little bit assertive and I was assertive back. And the reason I know they were in the wrong is when I push back and they go in their cop car thinking they're going to come out with a document. And eight years later, still nothing. So. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the mean streets of Apopka. Ricky Baez, thank you. Apopka. <laughs> <laughs> it was like Mary, but sure. All right, we are at that time of the program. There's our train horn, ladies and gentlemen. It is fourth down. It's the end of the program. But before we wrap things up and say goodbye, it's time for final thoughts. Go around the room first. Final thoughts on the day, Ricky Baez. Final thoughts of the day, business leaders, It's if you decide to start your own business, you decide to embark on an entrepreneurial journey, please educate yourself. Please go out and research all the rules and regulations you're supposed to know. Take advantage of the classes that Carly puts out there. That way, you know, spending a little bit now on education would save you a ton of money in litigation later on. Ricky, thank you so much. Carly, final thoughts over to you. Absolutely. Um, Thank you for saying that about the training. Obviously, I feel very passionate about it. You can educate your employees ahead of time and save yourself so much hassle, Um, but also try to communicate with your employees and work through certain things. Um, Rushing to a termination, rushing to a demotion is not always the way to go. So try communicating, try to resolve the problem ahead of time and see if everyone can get along. Strong words from a strong woman. Carly, thank you so much for being... How do I... Come on, Carly. Wanos. 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 You're very close. Wanos. See, the problem is, ladies and gentlemen, in my final thoughts here, I want to apologize sincerely to Carly uh, for a half hour prior to you coming on. Ricky and I kept trying to dissect the way to say your name. And prior to going live, we asked you the proper way and you told us. But because I said the name improperly for a half hour... I've had a problem this entire hour. So on behalf of myself, I want to sincerely apologize to you, but I want to thank you for being here today and uh, enduring the trauma that is the show. Um, it, it's, it's taken its toll on all of us over the past four years. And Ricky, I want to apologize to you too, uh, just because, you know, you are you, you know, and I'm, I'm sorry for that. And I'm sorry for the way that I treat you from time to time. We're two independent contractors Aww. working on a volunteer basis here. You know, it's understood. Um, hopefully we could get paid someday. And, uh, and my someday. closing thoughts to everybody is uh, stop by the Googles, stop by the, the, the Apple iTunes or whatever it is you use <laughs> to listen to this podcast and others. Because if you haven't already done so, you definitely need to stop by, check out the employment experience with Carly Wanos. Oh my God. I'll take it. This, just go with it at this point. That's fine. Oh, sweet cheese. <laughs> You can oh. call me Carly Buenos. That's totally acceptable. For me. <laughs> how, do, how do I? Okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's been our pleasure to be here. <laughs> Thank you. On behalf of uh, Ricky, Carly, the entire experience, and uh, the crappy updates on employment labor from some of the sources out there. Oh, oh, talk about someone who likes to cut to the core of conflation, too. Carly, I want to thank you very much for chopping down that tree quite a few times. You know, hey, that article didn't make sense. What? Love Thank it. you. Loved it. <laughs> Loved it. Loved it. Seriously. Our pleasure to be here, ladies and gentlemen. Drive safe. Have a good night. I'm going to give me some tacos right now. <laughs>